Good evening, my lovely listeners, and welcome to the bungalow. Tonight, I will dispense with the usual prelude to issue, well, a trigger warning. The intent of this podcast is always to excite, to arouse, and to comfort, never to alienate or distress. To that end, I would like to be exceedingly clear on the content of tonight's audio, which involves a rape roleplay. While I know this taboo topic is exciting for some, it's also a very serious thing, and I don't want to upset any listeners that have a previous history of trauma. Nor is it my intention to trivialize actual rape. I would like to emphasize that this fictional story is not about a woman being assaulted, but rather two consenting partners agreeing to act out the female partner's fantasy. Originally published as Practicing Consensual Non-Consent with Your Best Friend's Father, it features two individuals who are attracted to and respectful of one another. At no time does one violate the other's trust. The rape is a fully consensual act, with terms agreed to beforehand, including a safe word that is used and respected. The story is first and foremost about them having fun. Very kinky fun, but that's why we're all here. This is a very popular fantasy, and I know that's true, not just from what listeners have told me, but what I've read in the sexual literature. In 2015, Bustle published a great article written by Gina Florio that tackles this very topic. She quotes Michael Castleman, a journalist and sex columnist, who offered three main reasons for why women fantasize about erotic rape. Number one, with a bullet, is sexual blame avoidance. Florio writes, It's common for women to feel guilty or ashamed for having intense erotic visions, so being forced into the situation relieves them of the burden because, after all, they were coerced into it. There's a lot to unpack there. The second big reason for this fantasy involves sexual desirability. Again, quoting Florio, Thoughts float around about how irresistible, how oh-so-hot you are, which is why this man is throwing himself at you. This particular one is related directly to the genre of erotic romance novels. And finally, the third big reason is sexual openness. A desire to imagine sexual scenarios that a woman would never truly wish to experience in real life. But a fantasy is safe and private and fun. The reality is obviously very different. Florio also cites Dr. Susan Block, a sex therapist, who notes, quote, we sometimes just want to imagine what it feels like to fully surrender to another human being, especially sexually. I can't say anything about this topic more eloquent than that apart from that I believe everyone deserves a chance to explore their fantasies, so long as they do so safely and with consenting partners. So with no further ado, I'll give a taste of what's to come with some notes on the content. This audio features a rape roleplay between two consenting partners. The male is older and dominant. The female is younger and submissive. The couple do not use a condom. Elements in this roleplay include rough sex, dirty talk, choking, somnophilia, 
degradation, voyeurism, and instances of holding the moan. The couple do use a safe word. After the intercourse, there is aftercare and cuddling. And now, the legal. All characters portrayed in this story are 18 years old or older. The story is copyright Benji 2049, all rights reserved. This audio was made by an adult for adults and is a work of fiction. Now, if you're ready to come with me, let's begin. Your heart is hammering away at the inside of your chest, so insistently that it feels like your ribs are bruised and your breasts are trying to punch their way out of your gown. Oh, your gown. Your stupid gown. You're still wearing your stupid gown. And Chloe is drinking another mimosa. Part of you is grateful for that. You want her drunk and snoring tonight. But part of you can't help trying to stop her. You make eye contact, give her the look, Tell her to slow down, honey, because you two have been down this road before. She gets wild, has fun for half an hour, and then spends the rest of the night dizzy in a bathtub asking you deep philosophical questions like, Why do my eyes hurt? And why do guys suck? And is it still in my hair? But if she's drunk tonight, just enough to sleep like the dead, not enough to poison herself, then... Then what? What is going to happen tonight? You set your own drink aside to check your phone for the dozenth time this hour and aim a shaky thumb at your text history. You've read the thread again and again and again and still you don't quite believe it. The party swirls around you, a hurricane of sound, laughter, music, and the smell of cocktails is sour in your nostrils. You feel the heat of your friends, your fellow graduates, soon-to-be graduate students, and one day lawyers, doctors, professors, professionals. Reading the text again, at once you feel like a little girl and the most grown of women, because you have a secret. A dirty secret. You were nearly as drunk as Chloe when you sent the first text. It was a week ago you were celebrating the end of finals, and you were curled up in your bed after a long night out with Chloe. She'd flirted with the Uber driver you'd told her to stop, and she'd pinched your leg and asked you if you'd ever needed something so badly that you actually made a bad decision. She was teasing you and complimenting you in the same breath. You're a good girl and everybody knows it. Reliable and honest and never involved with the wrong kind of guys. Too busy studying, too busy taking care of Chloe, too busy prepping for grad school and your internships and the next two decades of your life. You're no angel, of course. You've had your share of regrettable hookups and disappointing boyfriends. But nothing that sets your world on fire. Nothing worth risking at all. Maybe what Chloe said got under your skin. Maybe you were just drunk enough to ignore the obvious risk. Maybe. Or was it that you'd been thinking about me for an indecently long time, and with finals over, with your diploma practically in your hand, there was nothing preventing years of pent-up lust from sending hot blood coursing between your legs, setting a fire in your heart, and making you sweat. Your neck, your stomach. That 
spot in your lower back, all tingled as you crouched at the corner of your bed and wrote a single text. I need something. You sent it. You forced yourself to send it before you chickened out and immediately regretted it. You thought you'd worded it in such a way that you could play it off, pretend it didn't happen, but you were sure in that drunken moment that I would read those three words and know everything you'd kept from me all these years. Every dirty thought, every horny fantasy, everything. It was all right there in the text. It was 1 a.m. on a Thursday night, and it could only mean one thing. You put the phone down, tried to make yourself go to sleep. I was an adult with a life and a job and a mortgage, and I wouldn't even see the stupid thing until the morning when you could say you meant to message Chloe, not me, not her father. But then you picked up the phone again, didn't you? And you saw the little dots that meant I was writing something back at 1 a.m. on a Thursday night, probably in my bed. You need to go to sleep, I wrote back. Of course, responsible. That was the responsible thing to do. And you do that. Just write a quick text to apologize, say it was the wrong number, and sleep this off, and we pretend this didn't happen for the rest of our lives. But what if, for once in your life, this could be easy? What if I really did know everything? What if that wasn't an annoyed text? What if that was something else? Because that was how this all started, didn't it? You'd always felt something else. Something else in my easy smile and my kind eyes. Something else I was saying when I wasn't saying anything. Or was that all in your head? Was this only ever a one-way infatuation? A girl's crush? A dark fantasy that only grew darker with each new kink you discovered in yourself? Losing confidence, you texted back, Sorry. Wrong number. And that was that. Should have been that. If it was only ever a one-way street. You put the phone down. You tried to keep your eyes closed. But you heard the phone buzz again. And looked. Is that true? I wrote back. Oh, no. No, it wasn't true at all. You knew exactly who you texted. And why and what you wanted me to do. You'd been thinking about it for years, adding to the fantasy, soaking your sheets in the middle of the night when you couldn't sleep, and it was all that brought relief. So, no, you texted back. Just that. No, no, you told a lie. No, you wanted my attention. Wanted? Need is a very strong word, I texted back. And without thinking, you wrote, I feel very strongly about it. Strong feelings can be dangerous, I wrote. You answered back with the most honest thing you could say. I want something dangerous. Want, I asked. Or need. Need, you wrote. And then there was a pause, a very long pause, in which you could see no ellipses, and even started to wonder if I'd abandoned you. 
A thousand images erupted in your mind, different versions of me sitting up in bed, staring at your number, your words, and wondering if this was some kind of game. But if it was a game, I came to play. And after a few minutes, I wrote back, You're being a bad girl tonight, aren't you? And then it wasn't your best friend's father you were texting. Well, <laughs> it very much was. And that was the crux of it, wasn't it? But now it was also the man, the man on the other side of the phone, who was paying close attention. Yes, Daddy, he wrote. Very, very bad. darkness of my daughter's room. You imagine colors swirling on her ceiling. Your heart is restless, like a caged bird, and there is a knot in your stomach twisting tighter and tighter by the second. You don't know how long you've been lying here, five minutes or five hours, but you tell yourself you can't possibly wait another moment. But then you do, because you have to. You haven't heard from me all day, and you're afraid, really, genuinely afraid, that I've forgotten, or changed my mind, or maybe I just won't, because, well, it's not just you and Chloe in here, is it? You're lying on the floor, a lumpy pillow under your head, and a spare, slightly musty blanket folded under your breasts. Chloe's snoring in her bed, her limbs tangled with Vanessa's. If Chloe was drunk tonight, Vanessa was a public service announcement. So Chloe invited the girl to stay, loudly and insistently. It would be like old times, she said. The three of you huddled together in her bed, giggling and watching Practical Magic. They tried to get you to join them, but you said no, no, it was too hot. You'd rather be able to spread out on the floor. Fortunately, by the time you all made it up to Chloe's room... They were too far gone to argue. Unfortunately, now there are two very drunk girls in her bed, possible witnesses to your depravity. And so you lie here, staring at the ceiling and forcing yourself not to text me, not to call me. You lie here and once more open our text thread, read through the things you told me, the things I told you, the plan, and line after line of you promising me, yes, daddy, yes, I want this. Please do this to me. Please, please, pretty please. And the safe word. It was when we agreed on a safe word that you knew this was for real. The word, an inside joke from years ago. The word, proof that all our little confidences and conversations belied an attraction I was willing to hide for the sake of decency. But you don't want to be decent anymore. You told me your fantasy. That you had dreamed it so many nights, wished for it in the hot, comfortable haven of Chloe's bed, of her sweet, respectable father coming to you in the night and making you submit to his secret, unstoppable lust pulling your panties to the side while Chloe slept her untroubled dreams and ravishing you while you whispered, No, please, Daddy, don't make me your dirty slut. But you've always been my dirty slut, haven't you? 
in your heart. And the thought of having Vanessa here too, the one who always made your blood boil with how shamelessly she flirted with me, right in front of Chloe, shameless enough that she told Vanessa to stop being gross, is turning the warm, wet spot between your legs into a trembling, sultry menace. You've been horny before. You've needed before. But never like this. Because you've never tried something like this. Never wanted something badly enough to ask for it. Ask or... or beg for it. This was a dream. A dirty desire. A secret yearning never to be true. But then you texted. You told me. And I responded, not with shock or disgust, but enthusiasm. Cautious enthusiasm, but... But it was only a text. You haven't spoken to me yet, even when you saw me at the party. Couldn't bring yourself to say a word. Your mouth was so dry. Your cheeks were so hot. Chloe told you you were flushed, a lightweight, when in fact, you haven't had a drop to drink. You're going to throw your phone at the wall. No, that would wake them up. You're going to find your pants, and you're going to leave this house and never come back. You can't bear it. You can't believe you trusted me with this. You can't lie here and torment a minute longer. You need... Your heart leaps into your throat. Your phone drops onto your chest with a thud and you brush it off and turn, turn, turn onto your stomach. Your head hits the pillow. You shut your eyes and your pulse races like you've been running a marathon. Through your closed eyelids you see the glow of the open door only for it to vanish. The door has closed, or the light's gone off. You're not sure which because your blood is racing so loudly in your ears and your breath is escaping in overwhelming gasps. Do you hear slow, heavy footsteps in the room, or is that your imagination? You struggle to listen for Chloe and Vanessa. Are they awake, or are they sleeping? The tension is so tight in your chest that you feel dizzy, almost nauseous. And then the creak of the floor at the foot of your sleeping bag. The unmistakable presence of another person in the room. Eyes on you. You can't stop your body from trembling as the sheet is softly pulled away. Adrenaline is coursing through your veins, making your muscles buzz with anticipation. Your bare legs are kissed by the cool air of Chloe's bedroom. You're on your stomach, face pressed into the pillow, eyes clenched shut, as if you're locked into a deep, drunken sleep. Your legs are splayed out, your dark panties riding up the crack of your ass, one butt cheek indecently exposed. And then, a hand caresses the swell of that exposed cheek. Both hands glide over your freshly shaven thighs. Big hands. Exploring hands. You hear the grunt of a big, hungry man. And it can only be Chloe's father. Your heart is beating so hard now you're afraid you're going to pass out. Chloe is on the bed, sleeping mere feet away, Vanessa tangled up with her like a drunken kitten. 
and her father is groping you in your sleep. So are you dreaming now? Or are you praying this is as far as he'll go? When I pull your panties to the side, you know I will go much farther. I am quiet in the darkness, but I am big and the house is old and the floor creaks and cracks as I readjust my weight. Your panties are roughly hiked over one cheek of your ass, rough enough to wake a sober girl, but maybe not a tipsy teenager or a drunken college co-ed. My hot breath rolls over your buttocks, and the tremble in your limbs becomes an all-out shiver. You can feel my face so close to you. Feel my nose against the crack of your ass. I rove lower, lower, until my mouth, my nose, is pressed into the folds of your innocent, unprotected sex. And I inhale deeply. Your toes are curling now, your fingers clenched over Chloe's spare pillow. I'm smelling you. Not once, but many times. Breathing in your scent like a dog that's found something it likes. My big hands spread you open so I can breathe deeper still. And when I am as deep into your cunt as my lips and mouth will allow, my tongue slides out to lick you from top to bottom. You cannot stifle your moan. You bite your lip to keep it from growing any louder, but this is the culmination of so many fevered fantasies that you are truly unsure if you are dreaming right now. My big tongue laps at your swollen clitoris, where it is pressed against the open sleeping bag, and licks up, up your pussy, and to the point just shy of your asshole and I am growling into your wet little slit like a monster unleashed from beneath the bed. My licks grow stronger, longer, and more hungry as I turn your pussy into a wet and dripping mess. I feast on you here in the quiet darkness of Chloe's room, and you fight and struggle not to cry out. But with the pressure building in your body and my fingers spreading your ass apart, teasing your asshole, you think it's time you woke up. And so you take a deep breath. Your fingers claw at your pillow and you flex your thighs and hips. What? You say, pretending to bat away the cobwebs of sleep. What's happening? You ask, voice thick with confusion. What are you doing to me? At once my tongue recedes from your pussy. You feel my weight, so much heavier than you, crawl over your half-naked body. You feel me press against you, still clothed but with an unmistakable bulge in my slacks, hard and sharp against your sopping ass. You feel my arm against your shoulder, and then my big hand slides over your mouth. Quiet, little girl, I growl in your ear. Daddy's had enough of your teasing. Now, I'm going to take what I want. Another big hand slides under your t-shirt to cup your 
tender breast. The nipple is diamond hard against my rough palm. You moan into my hand. What passes for a scream in this dangerous role play? Please, you plead. Please don't do this. You didn't mean to tease me, you say. Too late now, I whisper in your ear. My teeth bite into your earlobe. The hand on your breast retreats, and you feel it trail down, down to my slacks. But Chloe's right here, you warn me. You hear the zipper slide down. And now you struggle. Not enough to cause a ruckus. Not enough to wake the others. But enough to make me pin you down. Enough for you to feel my real strength. My muscles bulging with the effort of forcing you against the floor and spreading your legs. Stay still, you little slut, I whisper in your ear. And the words fire through you like liquid lightning racing between your legs and traveling up, up to the animal center of your brain. You bite into my palm, not to fight me, but to restrain a high-pitched moan that you fear could wake the neighbors. There's nothing you can do, I murmur into your ear. You hear my smile in the words and feel the throb of my cock as it emerges from my pants. So just lie here and take it like a good girl. Your stomach flat against the ground, legs spread wide. You can do nothing but tremble as my cock, the cock belonging to your best friend's father, probes that defenseless bundle of nerves between your legs. Your eyes roll back as my cock head brushes your clitoris and runs up and down your labia. You feel that? That's daddy's dick on your pussy. You're kicking your legs now, moving your hips. It could be construed as a struggle, but really, you're so excited you can't keep still. You're shaking your head no while you desperately try to back up into my penis. You can't fight this, I whisper in your ear. Just let it happen. And then I'm pushing, pushing inside your body. All the years of secret yearning, wet fantasies. Subtle hints and flirtations have all led to this moment. Your tongue rolls out of your mouth and begins to lick my palm like a grateful dog. A bitch in heat. You try to make the moan that follows pitiful, like you're ashamed to be so used, degraded, humiliated. Around my cock you all but gush to be claimed by daddy. Ready or not, you're still a tight fit, and it takes several attempts before my fat cock can completely slide inside you. It is a push, followed by a retreat, a half-thrust, and then withdrawal. So fucking tight, I growl in your ear. But don't scream now. I don't want you to wake Chloe before I'm done breaking you in. You wiggle your ass, try to squirm out of my grip, but I'm too heavy. And then, before long, it's too late. My entire shaft fills your wet vagina, stretching your walls apart with every blood-pulsing throb. Oh, God, you hear me groan, and this, you know, is no act. 
You feel my body shiver atop yours. My balls tremble, squeezed against your ass. My hand clenches around your breast. I can't believe I'm inside you, I whisper. You can't believe it either. It is a struggle to pry my hand off your mouth, but when you finally do, you pant, Please, Daddy, please don't rape me. You promise me anything else. Your hands, your mouth, just not this. Don't do this. It's too late, I tell you. This pussy is mine now. And then my big hand clamps back around your lips, and I begin to fuck you into the floor. Every stroke is an ecstatic agony, because it is a constant struggle to hold your moan. Neither of us can move too much and risk waking the others. Only my hips are unrelenting, fucking you prone on Chloe's familiar floor. My big daddy balls swing and swat your clit with every entry. My pelvis jiggles your ass when it collides, and in your ear you hear my own. Desperate attempts at staying quiet, broken only by muffled groans, grunts of exertion, and primal growls. How long we go on like that, panting and grunting in the darkness, you have no idea. The heat of me, of being trapped against the floor, is almost unbearable, but so is having to keep your whimpers quiet. Yet the discomfort is no match for the absolute bliss of your submission. Your toes curl so hard you're on the verge of a cramp. With each pounding I deliver, filthy epithet I growl in your ear. You keep telling me you're a good girl, and how can I do this to you? I tell you to shut up. You're nothing but a cock sleeve. This is what you were made for, to be used for the pleasure of real men. You see stars in the dark. The friction between your clit and the floor builds to an intolerable pressure. Something must give way. And so, finally, you say it. The temptation to lose all control and scream my name is too great now. The possibility that you might black out and leave me here fucking you unconscious is too dangerous to ignore. So you say it. Our word. Not because you want to, but because you have to, right now. The ferocity of my thrusts is only barely restrained by our mutual need to keep quiet. So when you say it, our safe word, you fear for a moment I cannot be stopped. And doesn't that make you tingle in a terrible, taboo way? But almost as soon as the word leaves your lips and sinks into your moistened pillow, wet from saliva and the tears produced by your mad, chest-tightening lust. You feel me shudder. My muscles seize and a heavy groan emanates from deep inside my core. Are you okay? I ask softly. Was it too much? You are reluctant to let my penis withdraw from your body, but you want to move, to shift onto your back, so you can look up at me and put your hands on my face. No, you tell me it wasn't too much. It was just right. But before it overwhelmed you, before you lost all control, you swore to yourself you'd take one moment outside the game to hold me, 
to make love to me eye to eye. My mouth slides over yours and you spread your legs to welcome me back inside you. Without a word, we are fucking again. More quietly this time, but face to face. Our breaths mingling and our fingers interlacing. You gaze up at me. And for this moment, I am not your attacker, but your lover. Gazing down at you with a mixture of lust and long-held affection. I always wanted you, I whisper. But I would have kept that secret forever. You squeeze me to your chest, locking your arms behind my neck, your legs around my waist, and whisper back my name. My big hand slides down to cup your ass, to give me the leverage to drive deeper, harder, into you. Can I make you come? I ask. You tell me I've been making you come for years, and what you want, more than anything, is to feel me come inside you. Do you want me to give it to you, I ask, or do you want me to make you take it? A none too subtle offer to resume our dangerous game. You kiss my neck, my cheek, my lips, and tell me to rape you, to claim you right here on the floor, right under their noses, to fill your body with my seed. I pull your wrists from around my neck and pin them above your head. I rise up, no longer in your embrace, but looming over you in the dark. One of my hands hovers over your face, and then thick fingers wrap tight around your throat, not blocking off your airway, just gripping you along the sides, where the blood flows swiftly to your brain. I plunge into your sopping sex, your ankle still hooked around my waist. That's it, girl. You're going to get all of Daddy's load inside your tight little cunt, and there's nothing you can do to stop it. No, you cry in a whisper. No, please. Don't come inside me, you beg. You're a good girl. You'll do anything. Just please pull out. No, I growl. You're mine now. Your body belongs to me. For an instant, something catches your eye. Is that Vanessa leaning over the bed, watching you with jealous, hopeless hunger? Or is it only your imagination? You open your mouth to say something, but the next thrust wipes the phantom from your mind. There is just me and you here, rutting on the floor as I take my pleasure from your defenseless body. My hand tightens around your throat. Yes, you hear me growl. Yes, that's it. Good girl. My words begin to flow together, losing their intelligible edges and descending into guttural growls. The man on top of you, the man inside you, has become nothing more than a mindless beast. Your eyes roll back. Your hands claw at my chest and you feel yourself giving up all thought to a single red rush that flows down the center of your body, that begins and ends in the damp place between your legs, where I strike you like a hammer at an anvil, where the bud of your clitoris pulses like a dying star, throwing off radiant light and gravity waves. I growl much too loud, and you answer back in a whimper, 
a moan, a savage cry of submission. You don't know if you start coming before I do, but the contraction of your pelvic muscles milks the semen out of me. We are both climaxing on the floor, and I am pumping my seed inside you without reservation or regret. You can actually feel it, the thick ropes of ejaculate erupting from Chloe's father as he comes again and again. It's happening. It's really happening, you think, just before another wave of pleasure knocks conscious thought from your brain and throws it on a sizzling griddle. You make sounds that could truly be construed as pain, and if the girls woke up now to me fucking you, it would look unquestionably like the real thing, a real assault, a real crime, and that makes you come harder. Another climax, or a continuation of the first, rocks your fragile body. My fingers leave your throat to slam to the ground beside you. My pelvis slaps against yours as I thrust through my orgasm, not stopping for a moment, because this, genuinely, is the best damn sex of my life. I collapse on top of you in a panting heap. You drag weak fingers down my back, my shirt soaked through with sweat. You lick the sweat from your upper lip, savoring the taste and the pulsing heat between your legs. Tomorrow you will be so sore. Tonight, you can revel in your fantasy made flesh. Your flesh and mine wrapped around each other on Chloe's unforgiving floor. Your back aches from the pounding you've received, but the muscles throughout your body are singing, warmed by the fiery epicenter of your pussy. Your beautiful pussy as I whisper in your ear, that wanted and needed and has me now. Still inside you, I finally stir. My panting has subsided, and I push myself up on my elbows to lick at your earlobe, bite it ever so gently, like a sated wolf nuzzling at the muzzle of his mate. You giggle as my kisses grow fiercer, teeth nipping at your neck. And then before you know it, I'm pulling out of you, getting up. You barely have time to whimper before big, strong arms slide under your knees and neck. Breathlessly, you sail into the air. Are Chloe and Vanessa still sleeping? Have they woken from their drunken comas to watch her father carry you from the room? The room, you note, smells unmistakably of sex. The potent cocktail of your fluids and mine leak from the moist mess between your thighs, dripping down, marking out a trail as I fumble with the doorknob and carry you away. You wrap your arms around my broad shoulders as I take you down the hall into the master bedroom and deposit you gently on my bed. I leave you only to lock the door behind me and strip off my soiled clothes, and then I'm sliding in beside you wrapping my arms around you and kissing you now at full volume. A deep groan emanates from my chest as I pull you to me, my tongue sliding into your mouth. I caress the back of your head and whisper, my good, my great, my naughty girl, my absolute erotic angel. I whisper in your ear all that you need to hear. 
that was amazing. It turned me on. I can't believe we did that, and I never knew. I never knew that it could be this way. I kiss your offered lips and ask you, are you okay? Do you want to talk about it? Do you need anything at all from me? Just hold me, you tell me, and that so easily I can do. I wrap you up in my big bare arms and rock you in my bed. And here, you can do anything you want to. You can laugh. You can breathe in my scent. You can cry. Tonight was the climax of so many fevered dreams, the breaking point of lust, and its power can't be fully expressed in words. Cry now if you need to, I whisper in your ear. I'm not going anywhere. I will hold you all night, and I will be here in the morning. I kiss you long and deeply, and run my fingers through your damp hair. You ask me what's next. Summer nights? Summer days? And whatever my naughty little victim can dream of. So lie back, my good girl, and dream, I tell you. Daddy's got you. Tonight, you're all 